0: Monday, June 18th, welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Helf. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Jason Moser, and from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Maker. Gentlemen, happy Monday. Happy, happy Monday. Monday. It's nice to see that we're all here in one piece after you know surviving the Greek elections. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, uh, we will get to Warren Buffett and his latest billion-dollar bid, as well as PetSmart in the news. But let's start over in Greece. The New Democracy Party eked out a win in Sunday's elections. So, it appears, Jason, like the the bailout plan will be supported by the new government. For now. For for now. Um, And for people who were expecting a, a big rally Monday morning or a big pop in the stock market. Uh, sorry to disappoint. It appears that instead what we got was the absence of a drop. It Nothing. Seemed, yeah, yeah, it seems like the you know the markets are essentially just sort of treading water here in the US. But I mean, what do you make of all this? Yeah, I mean think
1: about how long we've been talking about this. I think we could go back a year where we were talking about this on market foolery and well, possibly I,
2: even Tim Snake and I went to cover this <laughs> two years ago. Right, right? yeah. Oh, that was the almost demise two years of the ago. Euro, almost. So yeah. it's
1: yeah, it it is it's what they're doing today and and also I mean it's it's worth noting that this it's not like this was a runaway election result. I mean it was relatively close. Yeah. And and I'm not ex- I'm not necessarily convinced that this is going to be a shoe-in either. I mean austerity is, is not easy. It certainly implies uh, less economic activity and, and there are there's a great number of, of folks there that didn't vote for this. So it it's what they're doing today. Who's to say it won't change tomorrow? I think that's why we have such a muted market reaction.
2: Joe? Yeah, the takeaway is to keep everything in proportion. Everyone wanted to make this vote out to be like this was going to be the deciding factor of investing returns yeah. for the next <laughs> decade. Obviously not. Um, like I said, we were in Greece two years ago covering what was happening then, and that's what we thought at the time. Moral of the story, these things take a long time to work through, and there are going to be a lot of little bumps along the way. It's important
0: to just keep a, you know, big picture, long term perspective. If you're Angela Merkel, well, l- l- let me rephrase that. Do you think there was like two percent of Angela Merkel that was just crossing her fingers, hoping that the far lefties would win, so that she could essentially just kick them to the curb and just say, <laughs> you know what, forget it. We're not giving you any money. I like, think it was more than two percent. <laughs> like like now, Germany. Uh, Is sort of in this position where they're just going to continue to lend money to Greece so that Greece can buy stuff from Germany, which seems like a horrible business model. I would rather be in a maximum security prison than be Angela Merkel. Wow. That's a bold
2: statement. She's just in a terrible position. That's pretty heavy. She's in a terrible position. Well, you know, I'd I'd knife somebody the first day or (laughs) kill somebody with a spoon just so they leave me alone. But in, in her case, she's in a spot where you know, domestically, everyone is so upset with her because they don't want to bail anyone else out. And internationally, everyone's upset with her because, like, why aren't you bailing people out? This is obviously the right course of action. She's just in a very tough, no-win position.
0: Is this, uh, and, and we have talked about this before, but it seems like really just for the next couple of years, until we get some sort of significant resolution, until we feel like, oh, actually, we, we have stopped kicking the can down the road. We're going to deal with it now. It just seems like Europe is maybe the last place on the planet you want to have your money. Is that fair to say or am I overstating that? Well, don't forget, we have plenty of cans that we're kicking over here too. So Yes. yeah, yeah. We're kicking our own cans here in America, but it's not – I don't know. It just seems like we're still a whole <laughs> lot better off. Yeah, maybe. It, on the other hand, it's such an
2: out of favor space that I think there probably are plenty of diamonds in the rough there where you look at some well run businesses with good balance sheets there. And if you're patient and hang on to them for a long time, you know, you could probably do pretty well. I mean, to put it another way, virtually no one is looking for ideas over there right now. Like most value guys I know won't even touch it. And these are the guys who are supposed to go in and buy ugly things. So, you know, if you're. <laughs> Are able to hold your nose might be interested.
0: Warren Buffett is making another billion dollar bet, and this time it's on housing. He is making a three point eight five billion dollar bid for the mortgage business and loan portfolio from Residential Capital. Uh, Joe, it's worth pointing out that um, Ally Financial had put Residential Capital into bankruptcy last year. So. I'm no expert, but I kind of like his chances to win this bid. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is
2: classic Buffett. Not a lot of bidders, a distressed asset. Hardly anyone else is interested. He's probably going to get a great price for it, assuming they get it. And you know, I think he's getting into housing at a good time. Uh, Buffett's got a longer time horizon than most people, for one thing. So he's perfectly willing to be a little bit early on something. And he's been early on predicting housing's turnaround for a while. But we've had 20 straight months in the U.S. of Falling foreclosure applications, which is a nice little statement of how things may not necessarily be improving, but the worst looks to be slowly getting less worse. Uh, you know, and if you're a long term investor, I think that's compelling. And you know, if you were able to get in on the kind of terms that Buffett could for ResCap, you probably would too. I
0: was gonna say, Jason, it seems like this is another example of some people who want to be really bullish on housing. Will point to this and say, "Oh, look, it's back." But when you know, to Joe's point, when you look at the deal in place and Buffett being able to command uh, a value proposition that the average investor can't, then you you kind of it seems like you have to temper that a little bit.
1: Right. I mean, Buffett's known for getting deals that most people can't get. He he's great for finding, uh, you know, real real dirt cheap bargains and just being able to get in there and wait it out. As far as housing goes, I mean, I, I think that there is probably a little bit more optimism out there than it's deserved. I mean, foreclosure filings uh, were up last month again. I mean, we know that short sales are making up a considerable part of uh, overall home sales, and and so again, I mean, I don't think we're going to see any immediate type of snap or bounce back in housing. It's going to be a long slow come back, I think, but, but you know, I mean that's just it. Buffett has the time to wait that out. And I mean he's, he's just it's another example of him setting his company up for success over the long haul. That's just another great example of that.
0: What is your preferred way of investing in housing? Because we've talked before, Joe, about the financial space. And there are people who are more than willing to look at the big Wall Street banks and say, I'm going to invest some of my money there. There are other people who take the approach of I'm going to invest in the financial sector by investing in not in the big Wall Street banks. Wall land. Well, in, in companies like Visa or right. Mastercard, that sort of thing. What's your preferred way? Is it in the home builders when the price looks attractive? The you know Dr. Horton and Toll Brothers, or is it more sort of people on the periphery of the housing? Uh, industry like Home Depot, Lowe's, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I don't put a lot of trust into the books with home builders. <laughs> Instead, I trust financial institutions. <laughs> that had said, to get bailed out by the government. I put my faith in Goldman Sachs. <laughs> um, I think probably my favorite housing play is Wells Fargo. Uh, they're one of the biggest mortgage loan providers in the U.S. Stock is really cheap, like all big banks. It's really out of favor, but among the big banks, it's one of the most conservative, one of the best run, stronger balance sheet, pays a nice dividend. And I think if you got like a five to ten year horizon, you're gonna love how that plays out.
0: Jason, what's your? Rate? I, yeah, I
1: agree with Joe on the, on Wells Fargo. I do like that bank. Uh, I I don't think I'd put any trust in home builders at all. I, I also like looking at the big uh the big plays in uh-huh. in uh, home improvement. Like Home Depot is a good one. I think that's a name that's gonna be around for a long time. Another Another one that's a real sleeper is Sherwin Williams. Uh, just a tremendous, tremendously run operation. They're a little bit uh, exposed to production costs, uh, but overall, the company's done really well. As a stock we have on Stock Advisor, that's just it has it's just been killing lately. And I think that uh, you look at those kinds of companies for for any kind of bounce back in housing, you do all right. Are
0: you a painter? Are
1: you someone? I am. You know. I mean, we have a we have a home down in Georgia that I painted pretty much from top to bottom on the inside, and then we have our home here that I've painted most of. So yeah, I'm the one that I, I let my wife and girls pick out the colors, and then I do the grunt work. Joe? If my wife asks me to do a home improvement project, <laughs> I will do it.
0: Otherwise, don't man. count on me to be buying paint. Smart man. Uh, finally, PetSmart is increasing its dividend by 18. percent Company is also buying 525 million back in stock. Uh, Jason shares up about 2% as of this taping, which uh, has the stock at an all time high. Do you like both of these moves? Uh, Yeah, I do. I mean, I like the dividend more than
1: I like the buybacks, but historically speaking, they've done well with both. I mean, they've paid a dividend since around 2003 consistently. Uh, They've done a good job raising it over time, and, and PetSmart really is. As far as just these specialized, big-box pet retailers, Pet PetSmart is is the leader here over uh, fellow competitor Petco. Mm-hmm. I kind of like in the two, maybe Petco is to Walmart like uh, PetSmart is to Target. Uh, but PetSmart <clears throat> itself, they have about 12% market share on this approximated $51 billion market, which is tremendous, obviously. Uh, do you have a pet, Chris? Um, there are some fish. Don't in. say your kids. Uh,
0: oh, you no, know, no, no, God, no! Well, I know no. our man behind the glass, there, Mac has uh, at least one dog. Joe, do you? Mac you has pets? Mac has Wild free. Kingdom going on in his home. I have. I have there are several fish in my. Heart. Well,
1: so there's 62 percent of households in the U.S. that do have pets. We have a couple of dogs as well at our house, and so it's it's a market that's not only considerable but it's also growing. And so Pet is taking advantage of that, doing real well. They're, they have a uh, over 1,200 stores in the United States definitely about triple the sales of Petco, so so they're bringing more money in. And it's not just pet supplies. I mean, they have veterinary services, grooming services. They even have a pet hotel. Uh, so, they're doing a lot of good things. The stock has performed really well. If you look at it over the past five years, it's just walloped the market by over 100%. Uh, it's about a double on the card for a stock advisor. Uh, I like dividends more than I like buybacks. I was going to say,
0: we've we've talked before about how a lot of companies just flub it when yeah. they when it comes to buybacks.
1: So they've they've brought their share count down about 15% over the past 5 or 6 years, which is good. I mean, at least when they're buying back shares, you like to see that share count come down. Uh, th- there was a concern we saw recently on the boards over in Stock Advisor. There had been a decent bit of insider selling with the stock which was You know, I mean, there's always nothing like heavy insider
2: selling (laughs) and then a new buyback. There's always some concern (laughs) when when you
1: see that selling and you're like, well, I know that you know, we listen to someone like Peter Lynch who who says there's really only one reason to buy the stock. They're bullish on the stock when insiders buy it. But there are a million different reasons to sell, so you can't really say why that bills. selling is is going on. But that was one that was one thing we saw that gave us a little bit of pause uh, when I saw this news today in regard to the buybacks. But the dividend, I do like. This is a company that makes a lot of cash.
0: Um, in terms of the industry itself I mean you mentioned you mentioned Walmart there's you know Petco is is a private company yes um, Walmart really has taken some market share over the last few years you're sticking with PetSmart when it comes to investing in the pet industry? Well, you
1: make a good example there because, I mean, when we go get our pet food, a lot of times I'll just get our pet food from Target because I'm already there and they yep. sell the IM's brand, which we typically buy. Uh, with that said, it's neat to take the kids to a pet store now and then, and they are, you know, opportunistically located in the area where we can find one. But. Yeah, that's heavy competition when you have to go up against Walmart and Target. They're going to be able to probably at least hang with them on cost for the most part. So then you're figuring it's more or less a convenience factor because you're not having forty pound bags of dog food shipped all that often. It's, it's right. a little bit more of a go get it from the store, bring it home
0: kind of thing. But, Joe, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I agree. They're a great operator. I wonder if this might end up being a little bit Best Buy ish, where you get kind of mm. you know nipped on the sides from Walmart, Target, et cetera, and. You know, you got this big box format, but that's tough to hang on to. You got a high cost. You're going to have
1: online competition pretty soon. I think their one upshot here is because they have the things like the veterinary services. I mean, they have over 1,200 stores, and 800 of those have the veterinary services. So that's a plus. Uh, then you also have the grooming factor and hotel factor, so there is more than just pet supplies and things like that. And so that gives them a little bit of a reason to exist. Uh, they're they're a little bit more Amazon-proof than your typical retailer, and you're yeah. not going to see those same same kinds of services. I don't think from Walmart or Target anytime soon. But yeah, I mean a big point of differentiation between these guys and a Best Buy is
2: that digital media is dramatically changing, but what our pets eat isn't dramatically changing. <laughs>
0: right.
1: With and- exception for Petco's Unleashed. Now, Petco does have that Unleashed uh, store, which is kind of like the Whole Foods for pets now, right? Is it? Sure. You go in there and you get all that organically uh, produced, excellent, good-for-you pet food.
0: All I know is my six-year-old son barely ever feeds his fish, and that thing is still alive. <laughs> I think I think we have some sort of indestructible superfish in my home. But uh, uh, do you have an undervalued or overvalued pet? What do you, what do you got? Because there are a lot of pets out there. If you're interested in pets – you can run the gamut, and I mean, let's face it—they're not all equal. Some of them are—they're not. And I'm a
1: dog guy through and through, so that's to me—that's always a given. But I think one that one that I've always liked is turtles. I mean, turtles to me I like them better than fish because turtles are more indestructible, and they uh, you know just kind of sit there and hang out. I think uh, guinea pigs and hamsters and the like are, are way overvalued. So Hamsters—they smell, a lot of they're noisy, and they're a lot of trouble. And yeah, they clean get the cage—it's oh, killing me. What uh-huh. about you, Joe? Well, I'm
2: going to go with dogs for quality. I mean, you're paying up with the dog, but it's, it's the best, absolutely the best animal. Fish, uh, I'm not really feeling fish. I've had a lot of fish die on me. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't doing something <laughs> right. But we have lost a lot of fish in the Mager household. And To me, it just seemed like a lot of work for a little bit of payoff.
0: Mac, um, as I said, you, you have a lot of experience with pets. What do you, what do you got for overvalued and undervalued? You know, undervalued, I've got to go um, dogs again. We've got two rescue dogs. They're fabulous. And in terms of overvalued, I've got to go birds. By all means, drop us an email, radio at com. Weigh in on the undervalued and the overvalued pets. Because, uh, yeah, I think i I, I got to go with Mac on the whole birds thing. Like, unless unless you're living in the jungle and the birds are – my only, yeah. my only pushback on that is
1: who values birds as a pet.
2: <laughs> They're not really. I'm not, I'm not
1: looking for a pet that can talk back, though. You know, I mean, yeah, that's never one smart know. ass remark, and I'm smacking that thing yeah. off
0: his perch. Unless it's Brian, the animated dog from Family Guy, uh, mm. I'm, you know, or Perry the Platypus, as yep. we've talked about. Mm. Jason Moser, Joe Maker, guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.